This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. The heartbeat of Saskatchewan is agriculture, and 620 CKRM is proud to be your source for everything ag. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with your host, Jim Smalley. And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Brought to you by Harvard Western Insurance. We don't judge. Here's another reminder to renew your plates today. Visit harvardwestern.com. And brought to you by the Arcola Co-op. You're at home here on Highway 13 in Arcola. Today we have our usual Friday look at grain markets this week. Wheat is up and canola has dropped. Agriculture Minister David Merritt leaves Sunday for a five-day trade mission to the United States. And we talk with the minister. We take a look at the upcoming Canada's Farm Show in Regina. Real Agriculture looks at cattle markets with Ann Wasco. A farm meeting goes in Fort Capel on Monday to talk about grain marketing. And the NFU releases a farm greenhouse gas report. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM News Director Jim Smalley. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Johnson's Grain, your first and last stop for grain pricing and crop protection. And brought to you by Farm Fresh Water. They'll make your well water wonderful and your dugout drinkable. Get your Farm Fresh Water today at farmfreshwater.ca. Grain markets this week were mixed. PI Financial Commodity Futures Advisor Adam Pacallo says canola futures fell $22 a metric ton, while wheat was up 30 cents a bushel. Well, Jim, starting off on the canola front, July canola decreased approximately $15 a ton. However, the more active contract now by about uh, two times the volume is actually the November contract. November is approximately unchanged on the week. Currently, we're down approximately $22 a ton at about $10.39. On the Minneapolis wheat front, July contract increased approximately 30 cents a bushel this week. We did see last week the contract put in a a bit of a low, it seems, at that $12 mark on the July contract. Now, today, there was a WASD report out of the U.S., and a few things definitely moved the market. U.S. wheat production came in above expectations, but only up a little from last month's estimates. And there were actually a few of uh, mild surprises, winter wheat in particular. Next week, there will be the first assessment of spring wheat, and which could change the all-wheat estimate. But overall, all wheat for U.S. production is expected to be about 1.737 billion bushels. Again, a little bit higher than the trade expectations, but not all that much. Here today, we are actually seeing wheat now positive on the day after the the USDA report. You might be saying, why is that? Well, the the world-ending stocks actually came in slightly lower than expected for wheat. So I believe a little bit supportive here on the day. And then corn and soybeans came in a little bit higher than expectations on world-ending stocks. And the South American crop production as well, too, was slightly higher for both corn and soybeans in Brazil and Argentina. So we're seeing those markets down here still a little bit on the day. Uh, However, there has been a lot of selling in the grain markets over the last couple days. And I believe, you know, here as a Friday, we're starting to see maybe a little bit of uh, short covering profit 
profit-taking, and that might start the week off uh, positive next week. So the key factors pushing canola down this week and wheat up? Well, one of the main factors this week for canola going down is palm oil actually had a two-month low, again, on Indonesia starting to increase some of their exports. So that was definitely a negative factor for canola here this week, as well as soybean oil has had a bit of a decline in the last two days. However, supportive, though, maybe for canola is soybean contracts actually made new contract highs this week. So that might be good. And so if we could see the palm oil maybe turn a little bit higher, I think we could be headed back up to that uh, 1100 area or so for November canola. Adam Piccolo is a commodity futures advisor with PI Financial. Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. This portion is brought to you by Prairie 6-inch eavesdrops. An inch makes a big difference. PrairieEavesdrops.ca And your Prairie Co-op Grow Team. Fueling farms, feeding families. In Cupar, Ituna, Lipton and Strasburg. Agriculture Minister David Merritt leaves on a trade mission to the United States on Sunday. Merritt says the five-day mission will focus on canola, wheat, oats, malt barley, pulses and cattle with stops in Denver, Colorado and Minneapolis, Minnesota. Well, we're making two stops. We're obviously going into uh, Minnesota, and then we're also going over to Colorado, Jim. And really, it's just about promoting the ag sector here in the province of Saskatchewan. And it really is important for us now in light of food security, and it's a priority, you know, obviously not only for this province and this country, but for North America as well. So obviously we want to uh, go and meet with companies that have been longstanding clients of this province and doing business here. We just want to build on those relationships. What areas of agriculture will you focus on? Well, obviously, we're going to be focused on, on mostly just about all of them. Uh, oil seeds, pulses, some examples of companies we're meeting with is Ardent Mills, who are, uh, you know, buy wheat from here. Grain millers, who obviously buy oats. Sears Global, as you know, in the southern, southeast corner of the province, buy pulses, oats, grain, canola. As you know, they're building a canola crush facility there, so... So then we're meeting with them, and then we're meeting with other folks as well. So pulses and plant-based protein companies like Purist and Schooler Grain, and even with the equipment manufacturer with Bueller as well. So those are just some of the companies we'll be meeting with in in, in uh, Minnesota and in Colorado. And then also we will be talking about the livestock sector as well. As well in in Denver, we'll be attending a, the cattle the livestock show there, meeting with the Colorado Cattlemen's Association. And actually also the National Cattlemen's Beef Association we will be, be meeting with as well, just because, as you know, the, the livestock industry is a very fluid industry that flows across the border both ways. So it's important for us to build those relationships. What will be your message to the Colorado and the U.S. Cattlemen's Association convention there? Well, actually, just to, you know, to build on those relationships. Obviously, we know that with the, uh, you know, the agribition show, we get a lot of U.S. cattle uh, ranchers up here and, and producers as they look at the genetics. And obviously, the, you know, even with the uh, cattle sector and the feedlot side and the purebred side, there's always cattle moving across both ways. So we just want to build on those relationships and also talk to them and see, you know, are they having any challenges or issues in dealing with it, the, uh, it with the province? And, and just to build on relationships is really what it's uh, what we're there for, and and also to thank them, to thank them for doing business with our producers here in the province as well, Chip. You're hoping to increase research and investment ties and ex- ex- get some uh, more funding that way. 
Yeah, we will. We're actually meeting with the chancellor of the Colorado State University, and that's uh, there's a good relationship between them and the University of Saskatchewan, and it really is conducive to ag research, both from a livestock side and the grains and oil side as well. So it's just to, as I say, build relationships and see if there's any concerns that they have or if there's any opportunities for us to, you know, to increase and obviously to do uh, business with these companies and with the universities as well. I'd love to get a comment or two about seeding and crops. Seeding is nearing completion across the grain belt. Yeah, it is. I mean, it was nice to see the number well over 90, well, we're over 90% and 92%. And I'm sure, you know, every day there's more, obviously more and more going in. And we did see some scattered showers across the province the last few days. And I'm sure for the most part, I think the crop is in and just where, obviously where they had a lot of moisture this spring, Jim, there's still some folks over on the east side and up the north side that are still being challenged with wet conditions. I know I talked to a friend of mine the other day and and he was about 75% done and, and said he, if he had another few days, he would you know, had most of it wrapped up. So I'm hoping that now he's, you know, he's close to that. So we're going to see those numbers move up even farther. And it's good to see that kind of number of, you know, at 92% seeing that much of the crop in by this part of, in June. Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamp's Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on The Source 620 CKRM. This is your realagriculture.com update. Bring the energy of Real Ag Radio to your next customer meeting or conference. From your stage, we'll record an episode in person to inform and provide insight on the latest in agriculture. Email advertising at realagriculture.com to learn more about this unique keynote opportunity. Let's talk beef markets with Ann Wasco, the Gateway Livestock Exchange, in this week's beef market update. Okay, what, what happened in the cash trade this week? Yeah, off the top, Sean, uh, markets were slow, and then they just kind of kicked into gear. So in the south, in Texas and Kansas, up a dollar, 136 was the bulk of the trade here at the end of the week. In the north, uh, one to three higher lives, so 141 to 143, <clears throat> and about $5 higher dressed on the bulk of the trade at 228. Um, the cutout in the U.S., uh, up for just over four bucks to 271 on the choice. and that is kind of surprising. That's the highest cutout, Sean, we've seen since mid-April in terms of a, a weekly close. And um, kind of not typical. It's it's a, a great post-memorial. It tells us demand was good over that time frame. And, and uh, you know, looking back on May, we're kind of scratching our heads and saying, okay, well, it was poor and don't really, you know, and now we're having this nice rally. So uh, we'll we'll certainly take it. Um, and then just to finish off on the trade back here at home, we saw a fed cattle market. It's going to average probably about a buck and a half higher than last week, just, just short of maybe 174 live. But most of the trade, as you know, was dressed between 290 and 292 delivered. Wow. Okay. Well, it, yeah, I was, you, you mentioned it, you alluded to it here. I was going to say that, that that cutout being higher at this time of the year feels a little bit unseasonal, doesn't it? It, it does. Uh, although remember our conversations as we t- chatted through May, it was unseasonably weak in May. So was it just a timing thing? You know, just you know, I think consumers have had a lot thrown at them in terms of what's going on with inflation and uh, and costs. Uh, and you know, it's just this year is going to be a hard one to figure out. And I think you know, I I wouldn't suggest today to to think of th- as things very complacently. I, I do think as we march through this summer of unknowns. Um, whether we're talking about feed grains or beef demand or, or whatever, I think we are going to see these 
these potentially these up and down volatile kind of moves, but uh, let's just take this week as a good one. Yeah, the U.S. put out their CPI numbers this morning as well. And you know, as soon as I saw the 8.6% that was put on the board, which is yeah. like, the it, that is the highest number going back yeah. a long time. Yeah. Uh, I thought about beef demand. And, and like, what does this mean for the protein complex as obviously consumers are really having to pay a lot more for food? Yeah. And, and like I say, those are going to be <clears throat> questions we ask and, and th- that's the data we're going to be watching as we go through the year. But having said all that, um, you know, consumers, uh, I suspect, you know, whether it's here or abroad, remember, you know, we're talking export demand as well. And we've got some data on that here in a second, but, um, the consumers are still looking for that good eating experience, but they want value and they want, you know, they, they want that, um, that value proposition as well. So it will be a challenge, but it's a challenge on, on every food front, right? Yeah. Oh, well, for sure. Absolutely. Okay. Give us some of that data yeah. you're just talking about. Well, I just, you know, we, we've been talking about domestic demand, but, you know, we just got U.S. beef export data for April released um, midweek. And April beef exports for the Americans were still up 6% compared to last April. And that leaves our 2022 year-to-date numbers also up 6%. So it certainly looks like the U.S. is on track to to reach their, you know, their forecasts of, of you know, maybe not quite 10% increase for 2022 over last year's record, but another, and remember, we're comparing 22 data to a record in 2021. So these are good numbers. These are good numbers. Yeah. And from a Canadian perspective, I have been hearing from, from people that our trade into Japan has been very, very good lately. Yeah. And that's the data we, that'll be coming out later today and certainly expect it to be solid. So I'll talk about that next time. The data we did get late last night was our live cattle export data. Of course, the one we've been watching closely is our feeder cattle exports, given how dry it was and how high our feed costs were in Western Canada vis-a-vis the U.S. We've seen lots of feeder cattle moves stateside. In April, they were up 76% from last year. Year to date, we're sitting two and a half times larger than a year ago. So over 100,000 head now. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more more about this issue or many others at Real Agriculture. It's your agro weather forecast on the source 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary. Or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. Mainly cloudy with 60% chance of showers today and risk of a thunderstorm. Wind southeast 30, the high 26, the low 11. Tomorrow increasing cloudiness, 30% chance of showers in the afternoon with risk of a thunderstorm, the high 24. 60% chance of evening showers tomorrow, the low 12. Sunday sunny, the high 26, the low 15. Monday, cloudy, 40% chance of showers, the high 25, the low 10. Tuesday, sunny and windy with the high 21. 60% chance of evening showers, Tuesday, the low 10. Wednesday, cloudy with 70% chance of showers and windy, the high 17, the low 11. Sunny on Thursday, the high 25. Normal high is 23, the normal low is 9. The sun rose at 447 this morning, it sets at 908 tonight. And on the roundup, the hot spot right now in the southwest corner, Valmarie at 26. The cold spot 
Northern Grain Belt, Spiritwood at 13. Esteban is 17, Saskatoon 14, Swift Current 25, Weyburn 17, and Yorkton is 19. In Regina with light rain, it's 16, that's 61 Fahrenheit, Windsor from the southeast at 28. Humidity is 84%, the barometer falling 100.8. Cloudy and Moose Jaw, 18, Windsor from the southeast at 33, gusting to 42. Once again, Regina, light rain and 16, that's 61 Fahrenheit. This spring, apply pre-emergent Edge Microactive Group 3 herbicide from Gowan Canada before seeding your canola, peas, or lentils. Maximize yield today and manage resistance tomorrow. Always read and follow label directions from Gowan Canada. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. And it's time now for Countdown to Canada's Farm Show, brought to you by Zipperlock Building, built in hours to last a lifetime. See them in, in Raymore or call 1-888-692-5515. And Farmtronics, your farm electronics specialist since 1977, serving you for over 40 years. Call 1-800-667-8001 today for a free catalog. Canada's Farm Show opens in Regina on Tuesday, June 21st. Show manager Shirley Janesco says opening day is themed Innovation and National People's Indigenous Day. We are happy to be back in person and we have not had a in-person show since 2019. So it's, it's a very exciting and lots and lots of positive feedback from our exhibitor and our, our customers coming to the event. What are some of the key highlights this year? How many exhibitors? Well, we have about 500 exhibitors. Um, our footprint is all indoors, so we're the biggest stage for the best in ag is one of our taglines, and that's everybody you want to see is going to be indoors this year, so it takes out the, the weather element completely. Canada's Farm Show runs Tuesday, June 21st to Thursday the 23rd. This is Countdown to Canada's Farm Show. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Source, 620 CKRM. This portion is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougal Auctioneers. McDougalAuctions.com. And brought to you by Patterson Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Patterson Liquid Systems, expect the best. A farm meeting is being held in Fort Capel Monday afternoon to discuss a grain marketing option. A partner in blockchain grain, Jerry Ritz, says a new Go Grain app is available for farmers to help with marketing their grain to the world marketplace. It's Monday the 13th at uh, 2 p.m. at the Treaty 4 Centre in Fort Capel. Uh, it's to give farmers an opportunity to invest in an exciting new opportunity, uh, basically the second coming of market freedom. Uh, this is the 10th anniversary of the changes to mandatory uh, grain bu- buying by the wheat board. This now lets farmers deal directly with the market anywhere in the world and be guaranteed pre- payment before that grain has left their yard. So you're talking about the Go Grain app. Just what is the Go Grain mobile application? Well, what it is is it's an application. You can get it on uh, on uh, Google or uh, the Apple Store. And what it does is connect truckers directly to the farmer. It could be the farmer's own truck or it could be a commercial trucker. And what it does is is follow the truck as it comes to your yard so know exactly when to be at the bin with the auger and ready to go. And as the grain is loaded and it completes the load before that truck leaves the yard, the farmer is paid for that grain. Uh, Then the truck is tracked all the way to wherever he's going to, whether it's processing or into a logistics system uh, to move it out out of the country. Um, having said that, that's, that's the, the really neat part is that the farmer is not facing any kind of risk. We saw some problems with contracts being honored last year. 
in a timely way. We saw problems with contracts being honoured at all. So this takes that right out of the equation. Are there other benefits for farmers? Well, we're also working on using all of that data then to start putting together a, a spreadsheet, I'll call it, that will help farmers gain the credits for the carbon they're sequestering every year in that product going off the farm. That way, uh, you know, once it becomes the rule rather than the exception, that farmers can start to collect that uh, valuable money per acre out there. What does this app cost? Absolutely nothing. It's, uh, you know, and, and worth every penny. Is there other advantages as well? Well, we'll, we'll add more, uh, you know, fill out more of what the app will do with the data that's going to be collected from that simply to benefit right at the farm gate, which we just don't see at this point. Anything else, Jerry? Have I missed anything? No, I'm uh, looking forward to it. We've got uh, a number of farmers that have invested already, controlling almost a million acres in Saskatchewan. So there's some, some pretty good buying power in that group. The Grain Marketing Meeting is Monday in Fort Capel at 2 p.m. Near Tough. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies, small town lumberyard, big on service. ArcolaBuildingSupplies.com The NFU has updated a report on greenhouse gas emissions using recently released 2020 data. The report says emissions from Canadian agriculture and the production of associated farm inputs is up 35% since 1990. Darren Qualman is the NFU's Director of Climate Crisis Policy and Action. He discusses the significance of the 35% increase spread over three decades. It's significant in that it's going in the wrong direction. Uh, We've got very clear signals uh, from various levels of government and from governments around the world that as we move toward 2030 and beyond that the emission trend lines can't be going upward. Those emission trend lines have to start going downward. And while it's not a popular view in some circles, Qualman says nitrogen fertilizer use needs to be reduced. The fertilizer that is producing a lot of emissions, a lot of that isn't being placed maybe as carefully as it can. It's not being used as efficiently as it can. Maybe it's being a little bit over-applied. And fertilizer is very expensive. If we, you know, farmers, the government, uh, academics and experts can work together to figure out ways to use fertilizer more carefully and efficiently, that means that we can get the same output with less fertilizer, and that means better margins and better net returns for farmers. So there's a double win here we can lower emissions, and we can cut costs and improve margins. The war in Ukraine has brought grain production into the public spotlight, with concerns being raised about future food shortages in poor countries and food inflation in wealthier nations. Several agricultural groups say reducing fertilizer use reduces yields. This is Kwaman's response. There's been a lot of uh, regional food crises around the world. Uh, a lot of them happen in Africa, some in Asia, and now we've got one in Ukraine. It's not that suddenly this year, as opposed to last year, there's less food in the world. There's more than enough food in the world last year and more than enough food in the world this year. It's when we have these conflicts, when we have these regional disruptions, that the food can't get to the places it's going. So whether there was a little more food in the world right now or not, we would still see the same problem in Ukraine. And and in terms of this idea that we have to maximize production, to some extent, we do need to increase that. Uh, The population is getting a little bigger each year. But we probably also at the same time need to be much more careful in our use of inputs like nitrogen fertilizer. And the extent of the increase has been quite striking. In Saskatchewan, for instance, farmers have quadrupled 
the amount of nitrogen fertilizer used since the 1990s. Darren Qualman is with the National Farmers Union, which recently updated its report on agricultural greenhouse gas. The Market Updates with Jim Smalley on The Source, 620 CKRM. Market Update brought to you by Freeze Tom and Lumber and Sask Pork, working on behalf of Saskatchewan hog producers and our community. Grain prices were mixed. Viterra prices for canola fell 1340 at 106202. One red spring wheat gained 259 at 51665. The rest were unchanged. Durham 60627. Feed barley 38754. Chickpeas 99.99. Flax 1094.61. Lentils 891.50. Oats 436.53. Yellow peas 604.65. And feed wheat 378.30. At Minneapolis, July spring wheat dropped two and a quarter cents at 1221 and three quarters cent a bushel. It's the Livestock Reports on The Source, 620 CKRM. The Livestock Quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn, 842-4574. Now, the latest quotes. This is Grant Barnett with the Market Report. Heartline Livestock here in Musha. Just over 600 and offered our Tuesday, June 7th regular sale. Lots of cows showing up all across the West. This cow market, it looked three to four bucks lower this week with just the sheer volume around. Good, big, strong cows, 98 to $1.04 sale to $1.750. These leaner cows needing some feed, which are in very, very short supply right now, 90 to 98. Shellier cows are lower yet. The big bull market was steady, $1.20 to $1.35. The good ones sold right up to $1.42 and a quarter on a double muscle kind of bull. Sales are every Tuesday for the summer months. This is Grant Barnett reporting. Let's have one great afternoon. And the latest Saskatchewan pork prices, two thirty-five ninety-five per CKG. Coming up, the Resource Report. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the Resource Report, brought to you by Second Look Online Auction. Visit 2ndlookonlineauction.com to see what's up for bid. And brought to you by Mandeco. Talk to your Mandeco dealer or visit mandeco.com to learn more about Mandeco land rollers and tillage equipment. Saskatoon-based Nutrien has announced plans to increase fertilizer production due to changes in global agriculture and fertilizer markets. Interim President Ken Seitz says Nutrien is accelerating the ramp-up of annual potash production to 18 million tonnes by 2025 in response to uncertainty of supply from Eastern Europe. This represents an increase of more than 5 million tons, or 40%, compared to 2020 production. He says the increase is through existing low-cost capacity unmatched in the industry. To boost production, Nutrien will hire 350 people and expand underground mining equipment, mine development, storage and loadout capacity. Nutrien continues to evaluate low-cost expansion opportunities beyond 18 million tons at Saskatchewan mines to supply longer-term market demand growth. Nutrien is advancing previously announced expansion projects to add 500,000 tons of capacity to the end of 2025. Last month, Nutrien announced plans to expand its production site in Louisiana to build the world's largest clean ammonia facility to increase nitrogen fertilizer production. On the markets, the TSX is down 326 points to 20,237. The Dow has dropped 758 points to 31,514. Oil has fallen $1.25 at $120.26 per barrel. 
The Canadian dollar is down 46 one-hundredths of a cent at 78.29 cents U.S. That's the resource report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the On Demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast. Brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. You've been listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. If you missed any of today's broadcast, download the podcast now online at 620CKRM.com. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, following the 12 o'clock news on your voice for everything ag. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-emergent herbicide.